all you hot messes. We are back for another week with my wonderful, amazing co-host. Hi, it's me, Vinay, <laughs> aka Mr. Thomas English, aka Delicious. <laughs> <laughs> I've just gagged. I am so disgusted in myself. I am sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I would love to know who has called you Delicious. Absolutely no one. <laughs> Branded him as delicious. We are here to uh, let's let's start this episode with our hot take. Our hot take this week is okay. Hmm, this one's gonna be a tough one, I think. Former teachers who are selling their made products on TPT, which is a website called Teachers Pay Teachers. go first because I know you do this (laughs) I do roast me to me teachers pay teachers to me I'm like the way it is orchestrated in the US is literally evidence of a flawed system because in the UK we have it where there is a shared curriculum every school you go onto the computer there is a shared drive I'm an English teacher I could go onto the shared drive go into English go into my specific grade go into semesters or terms or quarters and find all of the things that all of these teachers have made together because they collaborate they go through they have a higher set a lower set so if your like class is struggling you can be like right I'm going to go with the adaptive one to just help them out or this one has higher things questions so I can challenge my like honor students and it would be set up in that way where at the in the last semester of every year it would be delegated right you two are going to tag team year 10 you two are going to tag team year 9 and you would go through all of the shared drive all of these resources that teachers have used the previous years and you would fine tune pick it and if there was any like things that people wanted to change you would go over so your curriculum was entirely planned out you didn't have to use it all but it was there versus here in the US there ain't none of that like you may be lucky to get like a scraggly worksheet from someone or here or here's the mandated test you have to do yeah but it is like it is like you gotta fend for yourself out here in these streets and the only way you can do that is by going on teachers pay teachers and paying for a resource which nine times out of ten you can't even see before you pay for it oh yeah it is a gamble which yeah and not to mention sometimes I get it, we're all trying to make a living, but some of these packages are so ridiculously priced. I am not paying you $45 for a unit of work that I then pay for, download, and I'm like, I can't use any of this because this has nothing to do with what I'm trying to teach. Right. And my viewpoint of it is, I don't necessarily mind if it's ex-teachers doing it. My biggest issue is the amount of money being charged and the fact that we are in a situation where teachers are having to pay that money because they don't have any resources given to them from their schools or their districts. Yeah, that yeah, that's a really good point. I make teacher pay teachers products. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am a former teacher and I think the biggest thing for me is I don't I don't mind it. I think it's the whole, I'm very open with the fact that I am not in the classroom anymore. Um, And I'm not putting anything out on that website that has not been tried in a classroom before. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not, I'm not charging teachers to pay for things that I know don't 
work or like do work. Like it's, it's that thing where if I'm like sitting at home and making these products and then charging an exorbitant (laughs) amount for these poor teachers who are actually in the classroom that need to use it because they don't have anything I, yeah, that's that that is where that is where the problem lies. I will be I'm very thankful for teachers free teachers though because I was able to make that my second job when yeah. I was teaching. And it's like additional income. And yeah. that's the thing. It's like we're in a situation where so many teachers are so severely underpaid for the amount of hours and work that they're putting in that they are having to hustle and find other streams of income, which I completely understand. But it, yeah. it goes in with the thing of it's the system. And the system is so played against teachers that they're put in those positions where they are like selling it. And it's like, for me, my main thing is I don't necessarily mind ex-teachers selling their products. Yeah. But my issue is, and this is just all round, this applies to a lot of stuff. I don't like it when teachers try to get out of teaching by relying on the income of other teachers and by exploiting what you know in the system other teachers need to pay into. Because it's like, for instance, I look at it as myself, I'm a a content creator full time. Um, But when I moved to content creation full time, I was like, I want to shift my content away from just teacher content. I don't want to be a TikTok teacher when I'm no longer teaching in the classroom. Like, by all means, I still do things like this. Like, I've done a tour and I've done a podcast. But it's like, with that, it's me offering insight and stories based on my experiences. It's not me saying, you need to pay me to necessarily have this or I'm trying to sell you this product so that I can live this life. It's like this to me is supplementary. Right, exactly. It's like this is what I do because I've taught for several years. I have friends that teach. My wife's a speech pathologist. And it's like to me, I... I care so deeply about the community that I don't want it to be like, uh, oh, I'm a content creator, peace. I don't care about teachers anymore. Right. But I want it to be like, uh, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't want to exploit you and I don't want to take your money. Right. I want to be here as a vessel for you to like reflect and laugh and escape from it. Right. So I look at it more like, my frustration is more like when, rather than being like, I'm a teacher, I need to get out of this, I can't afford to live this anymore and I don't want to teach anymore. It's like, then then please don't use the community that you are a part of against them and then profit off them for your own gain. Right. That's what I right. don't like. Yeah, and I think like if I was making that much money on TPT, like I I do not I do not make enough <laughs> money on TPT to like even come close to what I was making teaching. I just it, yeah, it, I'm not. I'm not trying to exploit anyone or yeah. or make anyone feel like they have to buy my stuff because I know exactly what I'm doing. It, I know what works in a classroom, and if you want to buy like an activity, I'm not saying that it's like tried and true and going to be the best thing you've ever bought in your life. Yeah. But I'm I'm proud of it. That's why I put it out there. And it's something that I love to do too. Like you love to make yeah I content. Like, I love and I and I love to make products to use in the classroom that yeah. that are engaging. It's and- like for me, like I look at it as what was the thing that I love most about teaching. Mm. And my thing that I love the most about teaching was engaging with people, like yep. being there for my students. And it's like, that's why I shifted to content creation because I was like, I looked at myself inwards or outwards, whatever it is. And I remember just thinking like, what is the main reason why I'm still teaching? And I was like, because I want to make a difference. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, I have a platform where I'm very blessed and privileged to make money off of this. Yeah. And I can make money off this just being myself. I don't have to 
try and stage a fake classroom in my house and pretend that I'm still in the classroom. Right. Like, I can just be me. Yeah. And I just didn't want that because for me, I'm like, it's the same thing. I would rather that money goes to a teacher that's actively in the classroom that is struggling and could benefit off of it rather than just lining the pockets of someone that already has enough stability to not even need it, but is just being greedy. Right. And that's, I think that's what it comes down to. It's that greed that I don't like. And yeah. I think that applies to anything. I, I'm i like, I don't see the point in trying to exploit people for your own gain. Yeah. Because like, I'm just like, how you make your name is how you wreck your name. So it's mm, like, if you try okay. and do it. I'm like, the people that you screw over on the way up are the people that are waiting to screw you over on the way down. <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, just, there's no need for it. Right. Right. As long as your intentions are good and you're not overcharging and you're putting it out there, I don't see the problem with it. But I think it's when people are like purposely doing it, overcharging, you like creating resources that are not applicable to the classroom, no. that aren't adaptive towards different educational needs yeah. as well. That's when I'm like, I have an issue with it. Right. Like there's a difference between a, a product that's engaging and useful and, you know, helpful in the classroom and a you know, product that's cute and looks aesthetically pleasing. Or especially like <laughs> teachers that are pretending to be in the classroom still so they can sell their teacher pay teacher stuff. That's yes. why I'm like, it's that deceit. I'm like, there is no need. Like if you... That's a, that's another topic yeah, for another, another time. that's another topic for another day. <laughs> but that's where it comes down to, I'm like, if you're going to do it, be honest about it yeah. and be realistic with it as well. Right. That's, right. that's my main take on it. <laughs> Not. So this is the section where we go over one hot and one not thing. If you're unaware, hot means good and not means not good. Okay, then. <laughs> I'm glad we cleared that up. Not this week. We have submitting blank documents. I swear, remote teaching and online. This was the worst. This is the bane of my existence. I'm like, if you are going to submit a blank document so that you can claim that you submitted it and, oh, no, Google <laughs> Forms just messed up and deleted all my work. There, no. We have access to the history when yep. you're a teacher. Like, mm -hmm. You can look and see the edit of it. It was blank the whole time and you created that document 10 seconds before submitting yeah. it. Like, you, we saw that you created this document at 2.10 and submitted it at 2.11. Like, no. So, yeah, please. Please don't. And this also goes hand in hand with writing hi on a piece of paper <laughs> and then handing it in. Please don't. Hello. Take this back, please. <laughs> so, blank documents going down. I, It's just not a thing. Okay. All right. And yeah. hot. What's hot this week? Hot this week is keeping it real with your students. I'm going to be honest with you. There is no better classroom management oh. in a high school <gasps> setting than being real with your students. Now, how I used to do this is, I'm from England, right? Surprise, what? surprise, surprise, surprise. <laughs> this is shocking information. Okay. <laughs> the Brits are like Scylla Black reference. Um, <laughs> You're like... <laughs> I remember when I came here, I had to teach like US historical documents as part of the ELA curriculum. Okay. Plot twist. I don't know anything about US historical documents. <laughs> and I personally don't find them interesting because I'm not from here. So I would be teaching them and I'd be like the Declaration of Independence and the students. Oh, and I'd be like, mate, do you think I want to do this? I'm not even from here. 
this is literally the document that your people <laughs> declared that we weren't part of the club anymore. And I, I would like link that to my lesson. I would tell them like, obviously, don't be going every single day. Oh, God, teach you another crappy thing. Like, because that's not going <laughs> to create a good environment. No, that's not a great but classroom. I honestly do think like... What so many people fail to recognise is that students are adults, but younger. And you were once a child. And you remember what it was like to be a child. And one thing about children is that they absolutely love learning about adult things and yes. knowing how an adult feels. Yes. So I think it's very important. Like, obviously, there are lines. Like, don't be telling them the Tracy next door is getting in your last tier. That's not going <laughs> to do you any favours. But... <laughs> It's very much important to just keep it real with your students. And like, if you see them struggling or anything, link it to something that they're interested in or link it to you. Give them a little bit of like background about yourself. Obviously, don't be giving them your like social security number in your tax documents because, you know, fraud is a thing. Good call. But yeah, I just say keeping it real with your students. I think that just creates such a great like relationship with them. I would. And, yeah, I would absolutely agree. And yeah. like, that's how you like with the, especially like the teenagers. They're like, oh, my gosh, this, it's so nice to see a teacher just like keep it real with me. Like yeah. rather than just being like, oh, we need to do this and we need to do that. And like having this whole facade of like, yeah. oh, I'm perfect. I'm, I'm holier than yeah. now. Yeah, I, I, think... I would absolutely agree. Some of the best times in my classroom were when we when I kept it real with them. I was like. I don't know what's going on today in this one, lesson. One of my favorite like English teachers was like, she was really like a feminist and she was like, yeah, I'm not going to be in tomorrow because I'm going to a march. Like, I need to like march for this. And I'm like, screw the patriarchy and all this. And <gasps> I was like, I like, I actually really appreciate yeah. her just sharing like her feelings with us. So yeah. I was like, I think, yeah, keeping it real definitely like, it helps you like learn more about them. And like, I think you learn better from people that you know than strangers that have like a wall up. But obviously, yeah. don't get too comfortable because then that's a whole can of worms <laughs> you don't want to mess with. <laughs> that's going to be on the knot next week. Yeah. Once, once, you're their, once you're their bestie, then that's it. You've screwed oh, it for yourself. Yeah. and It's done. <laughs> you you're... raise your voice and they're like, how dare you? <laughs> we were best friends. <laughs> the u.s versus the uk it's going to be curriculums okay is this set, it's set text in curriculums isn't it set text and okay. curriculums what what is it like in the in the uk so in the uk the way how this works is there are definitely sometimes like in certain year groups you can have like more free reign over what you choose like mm -hmm. there's obviously like recommended texts that okay. are like for certain levels um but Nine times out of ten, when you're in like a like high school or like we call it secondary school, you have set text. So that school will follow a, a certain exam board, and each exam board has certain texts that that board does. And of those texts, they'll usually be a, a few varieties. There's probably like four from each section that you can choose from, but the school as a whole determines which one they do. So they will say like, right. 
we are oh. doing for this section is Jekyll and Hyde. So everyone in year nine, you start reading Jekyll and Hyde for the first time for like one term. Then in year 10, you come back to it. And that's when you start actually analyzing it in more detail. And you start looking into like writing paragraphs and essays for it. And then year 11, it's all practicing your writing of you've already done this text in year nine, year 10, and now 11, that you're just revisiting it and you're extending your responses for it and you're improving and constantly trying to work up at it so that when you take that exam at the end of year 11, you have known this text inside out for three years. Versus here. (laughs) Oh my, here it is like, here's some text that we've decided that you can do. Yeah. And now they're suddenly saying, even though these texts have been approved, are on a list, are recommended, we are now saying you have to get approval from parents to oh teach gosh, these texts. <laughs> and then, like, you have, okay, not only that, but then you have, like, the same same classes, same level classes doing different texts. Like, yes. I don't feel like a lot of teams, at least in my experience, are on the same on the same level. Like, not all of us are going to do, like, in fifth grade, we would do Esperanza Rising. Mm-hmm. Like, I did Esperanza Rising, and then my co-teacher did another book, yeah. Hatchet or something. And not at all <laughs> the same. Well, and, like, what confuses me the most about, like, the American curriculum with this, especially in the ELA classroom, is in England, you have it where... I can't remember the exact amount of them, but you have multiple tests. So I think it's four exams. Okay. So you have two for language, two for lip. Yeah. I may be slight. Actually, it might even be more than that. Yeah. No, two and two. Okay. And then each of them, you have two essays per exam. So okay. it's eight in total. And with that, you have like one is going to 100% be on like a Shakespearean text. One is going to be on like a short story. One's going to be on like a play. And one's going to be on poetry. Okay. Then you have to have like creative writing, writing to inform, writing to persuade. So you have all of these things that fall into language and literature and you get grades based on your language and literature. And it's like all of the standards are linked specifically to that set text. Whereas here, it's very much like, oh, we're going to do a whole quarter on mood and tone. Yeah. And not only that, we're not going to just do one quarter on mood and tone. We're going to do it in grade 9, 10, 11, and 12. So we are literally asking... An 18-year-old in the like their final yeah, year of school, right. we are going to ask them to basically do the exact same thing they did in the ninth grade. Right. And when you're saying to an 18-year-old, oh, what's the mood of this? They're like rolling their eyes and they're like, come on, man. Like, right. I, and I, th- I think that's what really like, I think this is what is like making it so difficult and is causing the burnout, both not only for like staff, because they're constantly having to be like, right, I want to do this text. So then they're having to get approval for the text or they're wanting to switch it up because, you know, all of these texts on this approved list are by white straight men. Mm-hmm. that were depressed back in the day that are like, oh no, someone didn't love me. So I've got to do a whole text that's bleak right. as anything. Right. And then like people are reading it and like these kids don't relate to it because yeah. they're looking at it and they're like, oh, Edgar Allan Poe, wonderful. This is really getting me going. Like, right. Whereas like, I really think it's important to like look at it and be like, okay, if you want to have the freedom to do more text, like there needs to be more inclusivity with it because mm-hmm. I just think that's, If you want to do this and you want it to be like, I want autonomy over my class and I want to connect with my students, then you should be able to do texts that are more inclusive and more direct to them that they relate to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's, 
there's absolutely no way that you can do that yeah. in the American <laughs> system. Because could you imagine? No. Because there's like this whole... And one thing that used to always frustrate me is there would be like a board of people that would meet to go over these texts and the person that was in charge of it didn't even teach English. They were an ASL teacher. And I was like... Don't you think an English teacher needs to be on this board because you're representing all the English teachers, but you've not taught this text right. in your classroom? I think there's definitely things to be said about that because I, I notice more and more that that is why so many students do burn out with it because they're doing the exact same standards time and time again. But do you feel like the UK, the UK students are getting burnt out by doing like the same text for three years in a row? I, I think, feel like that's a, like I think it's more like lot. the pressure on them to do well burns them out. But I think okay. as they do it, because it goes with that thing where they want to get a good grade on that exam, because you get a certificate for that exam that you then say, I they got a B awards. in English. Like, it's not like an award, but it's like, you get on a piece of paper, you got a B, whereas here it's like, oh, you got a high school diploma. But it doesn't say your grades on it. Like, you send your transcripts to your colleges, yeah, but yeah. you can't go to a job interview and be like, oh, I got a B in English, here's my transcript, because they'll be like, I don't want to see that. Yeah. Whereas in English, you want to be like, yeah, I got a B, I got a C, and it's something to be proud of. Whereas here it's like, oh, I got a three-point whatever GPA. So it would be a miracle if we could... First of all, get everyone on board for the same text in a school <laughs> and then get that text approved. Yeah. By parents, like, school boards. <laughs> here it's very much like we have this standard and we want to grow it each year. Right. Whereas in England, it's like we have this text and we're going to grow our knowledge of it each year. Yeah. Which to me makes more sense. I, that's very true. I There would be lessons when I taught fifth grade English that I would like gloss over because I'm like, you guys could have done this in second grade. Like, So yeah, so once more... Obviously. <laughs> Are we keeping a scoreboard for for the UK and the US? Obviously. I mean, right. Obviously, British schools aren't perfect. Everywhere, you know, the grass is greener on the other side, but I do think there are things in line within like the British education system that America could a, learn a from. A little bit more. This is the the part of the podcast where we get to go off for 30 seconds about something that really, really makes us angry. And we're going to we're going to start. Okay. so Jess, you probably have a good one for me, but I have a better one for you. Your topic is one uppers. Listen, there's not a lot that I share, you know, exclusively where I get passionate or I'm excited about something because I don't want to be the person that has the spotlight on them or just I I don't want to be that person. I, I get embarrassed. And if I do share a story or something that I'm proud of, then there's someone constantly that is, I have a better story. I have a story for this. What? Right. I really appreciate how in trying to determine how much you hate one-uppers you try to undermine your opinion on one-uppers so that you wouldn't appear as if you were one-uppers this is this is, this is exactly this is who i am as a person your topic is people who don't know how to line up i just can't stand it especially if this is this is actually a national emergency here in america americans do not know how to line up properly you will be in a store and there'll be an american right there by the checkout 
Looking into the air. Where are you looking? This is a cue, not a pee. You are pissing me off. Get in line. And then they'll just cut you up. Or they'll form different lines. You'll be there waiting for the chaos. And literally someone's there diagonal from you. I'm like, mate, what is this? This is not a chain reaction. Can you get behind me, mate? And literally, I just don't understand it. It just stresses me out. I'm here. I want to get in and out. And you are wasting my time. You need to move yourself out of my way. Wow. Once again, I just... (laughs) I feel like I was part of a rage room. I didn't ask to be in it's even worse when people like are in line but they don't immediately move as the line moves and they're like i'm like as soon as you see a gap in a line my anxiety goes through the roof and i don't know if this is just me no you had your 30 seconds no No, you do this this is off topic this is off topic (laughs) (laughs) this is not the same thing do you ever think i don't know if i'm just like i don't know if i'm twisted but the person that gets you are okay The person that gets in front of you in the line, you know, that person that like beat you to the line by like 0.5 of a second. Yeah. Do you just hate them with a burning passion? Yeah. Do you think the whole time, like, I just can't stand you? Like, how dare you? Yes. You have wronged me to no end. Yeah. I will spit on your grave one day. Like, do you ever just. It's more, I, I beat myself up. Like, if I could just <laughs> not stop. <laughs> I'm like, screw you. And you're like, screw me. <laughs> <laughs> If any conversation defines our relationship, it's that one right there. (laughs) Since you're the plus and minus of the battery, it just works. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. segment of this episode we are going to highlight people in education who don't get a lot of recognition and this week we are going to highlight paraprofessionals i love paraprofessionals so much i think paraprofessionals i think they deserve so much more money than they get a thousand percent i cannot count the amount of times i've had paraprofessionals literally tell me like they've been with like a student with extreme needs and they like i had one paraprofessional that got concussion because a student like hit them so hard that they were out of work for like multiple weeks and it's like they go through it they do so much and they like support some of like the students that need support and it's like without them like we wouldn't be able to do our jobs and I think as well um it's just such a shame that because they are so dismally paid yeah that there are so many schools that not only have teacher shortages but especially paraprofessionals and teacher aides like yeah because they're not paying them well enough and I think that's something that desperately needs to be fixed they're not only not paying them well enough but I have been in a school where paraprofessionals were treated like actual garbage in the sense that like the teachers walked around thinking that they were so much better than the paraprofessionals because they had the classroom you know i and i don't understand why but i just if you're not getting the respect of the people that you're working with and then you're also not getting paid like you should be and having the students that you're dealing like paraprofessionals i my my hat Yes. My little hat goes off to you and what you guys do every single day to support teachers, to support your students, and to do it for what you do is absolutely phenomenal. And especially thank you to those ones that do the mini therapy sessions in between classes. Shout out to uh, one of my favorite prayer professionals ever, Bianca. I love you. Can't wait to go to Taylor Swift with you. Oh my gosh, you're going Taylor Swift for your own? Yeah! I'm jealous. Shout out to my old paraprofessionals. I had some of the most amazing ones oh. as well. 
I had one that was like from Jamaica and she was just like so real and I just loved her. <sighs> there, it, it is that like camaraderie with the paraprofessionals. I, I think, I don't know where I would be without those therapy sessions. They supported our students, but also me. <laughs> like, so thank you for all that you, you do. Thank you for keeping like, me sane. Seriously. <laughs> All right, this has been another episode of the Hot Bus Teacher Express. Please make sure that you're following us on all of our socials, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, MySpace. I don't know where this is. I don't. I'm just. I'm just here for the show. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, please make sure that you're following Hot Bus Teacher Express. Share. Sharing is caring, and we'll see you next week on the Hot Bus Teacher Express.